0: Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with Leo Flowers. Today is Saturday, uh, February uh, 22nd. Uh, And I want to start off by thanking you all for saying for saying for the five star reviews on iTunes, for the downloads, Spotify, iTunes, for sharing it with your friends. I really appreciate you. I put my hands together for that. Uh, I'm excited for today's episode because uh, I just read a book called "The Neuroscience of Suicidal Behavior," and it has a lot of scientific jargon in there, which I- I'm not going to inundate you with because I'm going to be honest. I-, I didn't get half of what I was reading. I had to. I was. I read it, and then I was like, "Thank God." That uh, there's a summary at the end of every chapter, so that I can uh, put it all together. And but there's two things in this page. And the book is by Keith Van Heringen, The Neuroscience of Suicidal Behavior, and uh, it's a 200 and it's 74 pages, but it's. Uh, it's it really ends at two o at two hundred because uh, he has a glossary and references, so you know that he did his, his homework. He did the research. Um, but uh, so I'm gonna but the two main things that I'm pulling out of this book, out of this two hundred page book, because he talks about so much, um, are hopefulness and mental pain. Uh, I, uh, and I, I pull those two things out because out of all the things that he said, and he, he he alludes to other things, but what resonated with me and what I thought would be extremely helpful to you, the listener, were was the fact that he identified these two things, a uh, uh, feeling of, of hopelessness and mental pain. As uh, the the two major indicators uh, for suicidality, and and so I want to I want to talk about what those are, and then uh, the antidote for those, and and why it it resonates with me so powerfully, and why I think it, it'll resonate with you as the listener, is that I've come to recognize that. The, the the mental pain aspect was like it's just there's just these moments where there's a, a inflammation or um, a, a sandstorm in your head and it, it, it's it just you just there are moments where I just like kind of want to unscrew my head and put it off to the side right um and and so when he mentioned, mental pain because that's not something that i often hear you hear about depression sadness loneliness um you know hopelessness and all that but he actually specified mental pain as a marker for suicidality i was like thank you you're the you know and people talk about emotional pain but What I was really feeling was mental pain where my head, it was literally was, it's all in my head. And I I, I just want to like sometimes drill a hole in it just to let some pressure out. And uh, so we're going to talk about both of those. And, and, uh, but before we get into that, just a few random notes, um, because like I said, I'm excited to get into that. Uh, What right now what i'm reading i'm reading this book called normal people by sally rooney And I read it before bed and and, and the reason why I bring it up is because a lot of times We read and or watch things before bed that uh, interfere with our sleep that are so cortisol inducing so uh, amygdala, just so fight or flight like uh, all these cop shows and uh, uh, crime novels that we read. And all that stuff does is make you extremely tense and uh, you're trying to you're trying to go to bed. Like you would never read your kid uh, uh, a crime story or something. That would make them angry or upset or extremely uh, sad. Basically, you wouldn't read them anything too. Excuse me. <sighs> I'm yawning into the mic. Too emotional. I don't know why I'm yawning. Like I, I got my ten thousand steps in. The sun hit me. Um. Oh, I, I think because I, I closed the window. But anyway, so I normal people is is one of these books. That is kind of just a soothing read. There's, it's not too, it, I, I, I actually it's almost it's almost borderline. It's almost too boring, but so it's not a great book. It is a New York Times bestseller, but uh, it is a book that I read at night to help uh, put me to sleep. <laughs> Sad to say. So if you're looking for a book, uh, check out Normal People. They're not sponsoring the ad. But I. But the the main point I want you to take from this is, you know, ask yourself if what you're reading and watching or listening to, is it really relaxing or is it getting your heart rate up or making you tense or angry or sad or long? Like is it really, you know, or, or even the YouTube videos. You know, it's it's cool to watch something that's exciting before bed, but uh, that's not, you're, you're going to, you're not going to sleep. You're not going to sleep. You're going to be laying there. I have a buddy who reads Stephen King novels before he goes to bed. And he's like, I can't sleep. Yeah, of course you can't sleep. You've been reading Stephen King novels. Stephen King doesn't want you to sleep. Are you kidding me? Dude, Dude, he's, he puts out a book every other day, so he needs you to stay up to finish reading his books, is what's happening. Um, all right, with that said, uh, what I'm listening to, and I go, you guys are like, Why are you sharing? Sure? What, what is this? Is this, is this about you? But, um, oh, so I just saw, speaking of things that don't make you tense, uh, the movie The Photograph, it's even though it's a, uh, Predominantly black cast. It is not a black movie. And once again, I bring this up because so many relationship movies, especially black relationship movies, um, are there's so much drama. There's, there's stuff flying around the room. Uh, somebody's cheating, going to jail, disease. There's so much. And... Uh, and this movie is a very soothing Sunday movie. It is, doesn't get you too high, too low. It keeps you right there. It's like a a nice little melancholy drama, and uh, or now I don't even say drama because it, it, it's it's just a, it's, it's light. It's perfect. It's satisfying. It's brunch. It's it's uh, it's uh it's, it's sushi sushi it's a poke bowl poke bowl i don't know but it's it's a very it's a it's a for me it was a comforting movie and uh but of course like depending on what you're going through and what you but it's just about this couple uh, or these two people who have just met and uh they're trying to work it out despite their histories which is what every relationship is about right like you you meet someone and you're trying to see this person through a new lens uh blank slate but but you but you have things that have from your past from your history and you have things that you're currently going through that you're trying to uh not so much separate but incorporate into your current uh experience with this new person so it's a it's a good movie um for that uh but but like i said we get so caught up in thinking that a great entertainment from novels to movies to whatever has to be so drama inducing and get you rah 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 and excited and like the joker like that it's too much we don't it's calm is okay relaxing is okay we don't need to be all over the place. All right. With all, oh man, oh, one more thing. All right. So I told you what I was reading, what I was watching, and then uh, what was this album I was listening to? Um, man, my friend just sent me an album, and I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it, guys. You just hang in there. You know, brush your teeth and uh oh what's the name of that album oh the name of the album because right, i want to i want you guys to uh golly gee whiz it's a good album don't go anywhere just hang out for a second or touch your toes bring your you know stretch stretch, stretch out your hamstrings I'm um, looking for this album. You guys got we we got to stretch more. I have to stretch more. You know what? It's just not here. It doesn't exist. Ah, I wish I could find it. All right. Um, there's an album I've been listening to that I've really been enjoying, and I think you would enjoy it also, but I can't find it. All right. Anyway, so let's get into. Uh, the neuroscience of suicidal behavior, um, because, like I said, these is is, is so powerful. So first, we're going to deal with uh, hopelessness, right? And, and interestingly enough, I, I've always misunderstood hopelessness. I always thought that people who were I always thought the feeling of being hopeless was that. Uh, you're like, uh, life sucks, uh, everything sucks, uh, things won't get better. And it is part of that. But the, but the main tenet of hopelessness is that, I don't know why hopelessness is such a hard word, hopelessness. Um, but the main tenet is that you believe, is the belief, not you, is the belief that things will not get better. Right? It's that things will not, like it will not improve. Your condition will not improve. Your life will not improve. Your relationship will not improve. Your health will not. It's, it's the idea that the future will not improve from wherever you are, whatever your situation is. And so here's... So here's seven things that we want to do to bring hope back into our life. And I did a podcast on how to go from hopeful to, or hopeless to hopeful. Um, And and so there are other things on there also, but we're going to address things today that uh, wasn't discussed in that episode. And if you have listened to it, this will also be uh, a Good refresher, right? So, how to seven ways to feel helpful or hopeful, and then we're going to talk about uh, the three ways to deal with uh, mental pain. So, the first way to feel helpful is to shift your expectations. A lot of times we feel hope, hopeless because we have such high expectations as to what things should be, and and for example, you know I play college football, and I have uh a, I have such a high expectation of how my body should perform, and how it should feel, and how it should move, and how it should look, and the key is instead of uh, setting an expectation, have an appreciation. So you want to shift your expectations to appreciation. So instead of expecting things to be great or you to feel great, or relationship to be great, appreciate the relationship as is. Appreciate your body as is. Appreciate your life as is. And and that doesn't mean that you appreciate because you know I understand every a lot of people are in some dark situations. So it's not about appreciating the; it's about appreciating the the, the light in those dark situations, right? Because when you are in the darkness, two things happen: either one, you at some point see the light at the end of the tunnel, right, or two, your eyes adjust to the darkness. So either way it goes, it, you you will be able to see, right. And, 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 and so it's about us being able to see and appreciate the things in our life that are actually working to appreciate, um, uh, the love that we do have and where it's coming from, whether it's coming from, uh, people that we want to say, I love you" or people who, you know, we didn't expect it. Sometimes, you know, your neighbor walks by and is like, hey, good morning, I love you. I don't know why your neighbor would say I love you. But, or, or your pet or an animal, or sometimes, you know, you're walking and a kid walks by you and waves and says, hi, mister, bye, mister. And we we kind of dismiss all of these uh uh, markers, these these moments where we're being shown love, or we're being shown life, we're being shown, uh, and we're being recognized and seen and heard, and we we dismiss it because you know it's not coming from it's not coming from our parent or it's not coming from our girlfriend. And yes, that's valuable and it means something. But that's the beauty of the universe: is that the universe says. Listen, I you're not going to get it from here, but we got it for you over here. It's like when you go in a store and you are looking for uh mustard and they're like we we're out of mustard, but the other store has it. We don't get mad at the store that that didn't have mustard and be like, "No, but I want it from this store." No, you just go to the other store that has mustard because that, you know, and 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 everything works out. Well, and then you can make a little hamburger or hot dogs or whatever. So, you know, and I I feel it with um, some mornings. I wake up and I feel stiff, and I'm angry. I get angry sometimes because I'm like, my God! Like, I work out, I stretch before bed, I drank water, I did all these things, and there's some mornings where I still feel like crap, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. And but then I have to shift my expectation to appreciation, and appreciate the fact that. I can feel anything at all, right? I, I went to the chiropractor a few days ago. Excuse me. I just ate a bunch of uh, blackberries and cranberries or something like that. i just I just went to the chiropractor a few days ago, and she was like, cause I have a numbness uh, or I have a, a, a I have some uh, pain on my left side. Uh, from a neck injury, and she was like, tell me about it. It, She was like, tingling is okay, sharp pain is okay, but numbness is not okay. And it's the same thing is, you know, I have to, even as much pain as I'm in, I have to appreciate the fact that I can feel pain at all because if there's not pain and there's numbness where I can't feel things, uh then it's a it's a indication of a much bigger issue than uh, than feeling pain. If at least when I'm feeling pain, I know that I'm alive, I'm still here, and my nerves are still functioning. If I don't feel pain and I feel numbness, then uh, my nerves are not functioning, which is horrible. So learn to shift your expectations to appreciation uh the second way to feel uh hopeful is to recognize you can change your life at any time right at this moment, it's about l- listen life is not about some uh, uh, grand sweeping gestures it's about the tiny moments it's about this second right now you can control your, you can take control of your life. There's there are decisions that you can make that whether it's uh, taking stock of what you have, right? Whether it's uh, uh, making an appointment to for AA or NA or uh, going to see a therapist or, or calling the eight hundred number or going for a walk or just taking a shower, or, just, or, or brushing your teeth. But recognize you can change your life at any time. Excuse me. Whether it's talking to a bully, uh, or, or talking to someone about being bullied. You know, that you saw online, there's this kid uh, uh, who's being bullied, and now all these celebrities are surrounding him and, and, uh, and, and, and supporting him. And I forget what they're doing, but it's a beautiful thing, and that's and see, and that's the value of sharing your story. When you share your story, people hear it, and then hopefully, people corral around you, and and uh, and and want to be a part of it. Does it happen every time, all the time, or in the time that you want it to happen? No, but no, but know that. What you can control is putting your story out there, whether it's a vlog or, um, uh, or a vlog or blog or podcast or calling a friend, whatever, but you can change your life at any time. If you're overweight, you can you can you can do two push-ups right now. If you have if you've never worked out, if you've never meditated. You could for right now. You could pause the podcast and take two seconds to shift that momentum. It it and 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 a lot of times we don't do things because we think, oh, it's going to require so much. It's like no, just do it right now. Two seconds, just start it. Just do a piece. You don't have to bite the whole thing off. You don't have to like when you go to a farmer's market. There's samples. Just get you a little sample. Just. Just sample, sample the thing. You don't you know, like. You see a girl, you want to talk to her, or you want to talk to girls. You want to find somebody. You don't have to marry the first girl you see. Just talk to any girl. Just say hi, hello. Talk to any guy. How are you? And that's it. Or you know, nice shoes, nice sweater, and keep it moving. If that's too scary for you, then you you, you know you, you chat up the the cashiers. You work your way up. You talk to people who have to talk to you. That's why I like going to the bank. You know, it's it's a it's a fun way to exercise. But recognize if, if someone is is harming you, uh, you're in a dangerous situation, there are little baby steps that you can take to work your way out of it. If, if you have a crappy job, you can slowly Start saving money so that you can go back to school or you can start your business or you can move out of the city. Just baby steps. But right now, you can change your life for the better. The third one of How to Feel Hopeful is look for meaning in challenges. A lot of times when we have challenges in our life. We have challenges. We have to create the meaning. Don't let someone dictate what something means to you. I had a buddy send me a text message a few days ago and I could tell, that the text message was to try to rile me up to, to get me upset. I could tell that was the intention, but I didn't take the bait. I, I gave the message my own meaning and it completely neutralized the whole thing. It, It stopped the momentum in its tracks. And that's what you have to do with your life. If, if you if you get in an argument or whatever's happening to you, Oprah Winfrey talked about when she was being uh, sexually assaulted uh, as a kid, and how the way she dealt with that was that she realized that the person who was doing it was in was in so much pain. She felt sorry for that person that they were. That they felt like this is what they had to do, and this is the the this is the best that they could do. This is the thing that got them, you know, uh, excited. She felt sorry for them. Like this is the the highlight of their of their of their life, of their moment. And so you have to find the meaning in your despair, in your pain. And where you live, and 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 say and and defining the meaning doesn't mean that you ac- you accept it and stay there. It means that you you whatever meaning you assign it has something that empowers you, right? Whether you uh, maybe you say, "Well, I was abused," so that I could tell my story and help and prevent other women. Uh, from being abused right which is really what oprah did is she goes you know I, she felt disempowered and she was like i don't want people to feel like that and so she you know she has the oprah show and she everything that she does is to empower other people specifically women because she she's she's turned that pain into a purpose so find meaning in your challenges, whether you know, oh, I went through this so I could write a book about it, so that other people don't have to go through this, right? Whatever the meaning is, um, you know, there's a, a story about a a janitor at like uh, he worked maybe for like Apple or something like that, and they're like, and I forget how the specifically how the story goes, but basically he framed his position as he has to keep the place clean so that other people can focus on their jobs. He, he had the mentality of, if I don't do my job, other people can't focus 100% on their job. And that gave him meaning to know that he was a part of the, the, the genius and the products that were being put out. Because he's absolutely right. If, if Steve Jobs had to, you know, worry about, you know, putting out new iPhones and changing the toilet paper in the bathroom and making sure there was soap in there and, and cleaning up, uh, you know, vomit or whatever, uh, the, the work doesn't get done. So you assign the meaning to the challenges in your life, whether you're working two jobs and raising three kids, like know that that that, that has a purpose to toughen you up It's to help you maybe hyper focus. A lot of people do better. Some of you know some of us don't do well when we have too much time on our hands. So if you feel like you you got a lot of stuff on your plate, that might be good for you, and and it'll help you appreciate then when you don't have things. On your plate, but it's also a a way of teaching you um, how to handle a lot of things on your plate, so that you can teach it to other people. Uh, The fourth way to feel hopeful is to listen to another person's story. This is so powerful because sometimes, like as you know, I do stand up, and there there are moments where I'm like, "Man, you know, this sucks," and am I on the right path? And um, I feel like I'm just spinning in wheels and blah blah. But then when I listen to other comedians' podcasts about their journey, uh, especially uh, my boy Joe, Joe Coy, who is selling out. I'm going to go see him tonight at the L.A. Forum. He's selling out the L. sold out the L.A. Forum two nights in a row. Uh, he's just crushing it. L.A. Forum holds seventeen thousand people. He sold out two shows. There's thirty four hundred people, um, in two nights, and it's just a, there aren't any other. Comics doing that. Uh, Kevin Hart uh, is it. But uh, he's the only comic that's built that rep through stand-up. But listening to his story about all the times uh, networks told him no and didn't want to put him on shows, it's very empowering and uplifting. And it is a reminder of, like, okay, this guy did it, um, and he went through struggles, and, and and he's super funny. And they told him No. They're like, nah, your comedy sucks, or get out of here. And now look at him selling out stadiums, arenas across the world, not just here. He's global, global. And this is a guy they they said no to. Netflix said no to him. Amazon said all these people said no. So listen to other people's stories. That's why it's good to go to groups listen to different podcasts. If there's if there's something you're struggling with, whether it's relationships or jobs or works, you know, I like to listen to uh, How I Built This so that you can hear how other entrepreneurs have struggled uh, with work. Uh, Esther Perel has a great podcast about relationships. You could uh, check her out if you don't have uh, access to podcasts. She has uh, YouTube videos that she puts out a bunch of relationship. But you get to hear how people are struggling with the same things you're struggling with so that you don't feel so alone in the world. You could read books. That's why I love reading novels. Stop reading self-help books. Get rid of those. Read novels so you can get a feel and hear real people going through real things. Even in a novel, even though these are fake characters, it's still what what makes the, the, the stories feel real is that the, 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 it doesn't matter whether the people are real or not. Emotions are emotions. And, and the themes of loss and uh, love and fear and all those things and, and uh, the hero's journey, trying to get something that seems so elusive and, and sacrificing everything to get... like. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about people or fish. That's why we love Finding Nemo. That's why we love Toast Toy Story. They make Toy Story 4. The guy, uh, hey, I don't know. What am I doing? Anyway, so uh, to listen to other people's story. I love, I love the Moth Podcast. Come on. The Moth Podcast? That is uh, a bunch of stories on there. They cram, the moth is M-O-T-H. You just hear all these amazing, amazing stories. Also, what I do, excuse me. Uh, The other thing that I do is when people tell me stories, I write them down. I write down the stories. Because, you know, you hear things and then you forget about it write down other people's stories. I love it. that's why we love going to the movies. And 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 by the way, when you go to the movies, don't, don't just go and watch it and then be done. You know, have a conversation with with other people. If you don't have people to go to the movies with and have a conversation with, listen to other podcasts that have reviewed the movie. I like to listen to it after I've gone to the movies, not before. After so, then I could get their takes on it. Also, it's it makes me feel like I just watched it with a friend, because I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that with the movies. Like with the photograph, I listened to like three or four podcasts about it, just to get different perspectives on it and to see if there were, you know, to see what I missed because I always miss stuff when I watch it. I mean, we all do. That's why you like you watch a movie ten times, and every time you notice something a little bit different. Um. So listen to other people's story. Um, talk to strangers, you know, even talking to strangers at a uh, um, uh, coffee shop or uh, at a bar, you know, uh, listening to other people's stories. All right. So number five on how to feel hopeful, return to your home base. Sometimes you just gotta, you got to go back home. Go back home. And 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 to to remember where you started from, so you could do this a couple of ways. Return to your home base could be a physical thing, where you go look at your old house. You know, you see that a lot in documentaries. Kevin Hart has a, a uh, not uh, Kevin Hart has a documentary. Justin Bieber also has a documentary where they return to their home base to where they started. But Bieber was talking about. I was sitting there on the steps. You know who Justin Bieber is right. The song "Yummy," she got that "Yummy, Yummy, Yummy." Am I am I going to get charged for saying for saying that now? They um, were like, "Oh, you don't have the rights to that to that song." Um, but they in in every documentary, they always take you back to their home, the humble beginnings. Now, some of you. Still living at home. Some of you haven't haven't left there. You haven't left your home base yet. That's fine. So, but but when you go back home, when you go back to your home base, it reminds you of how how far you've come. It reminds you of what you've overcome. When I think about going back home, I think about the fact that um, I, you know from Chicago, we grew up in a Section Eight building. There were gang members in the building. Uh, a woman stabbed her husband on the first floor i was sweeping crack needles off the back steps i've i've come away from that right I, there, there were gangs in the neighborhood that where i couldn't you know like walking home you were nervous so when you go back and you start to remember and realize those and feel those things you go oh man I'm in such a much. I can't remember the last time I saw a gang member, to to, to be honest. Uh, I I mean, I see I see some people wearing black and red or black and blue, but I'm just like they. It was just uh, but it's like Lululemon, like it's like it's like it's gang colors, but it's not, but it's not gang clothing, you know. So I I don't I don't feel uh, threatened at all. Um, but the other way to return back to your home base is to, you know, go through old photographs. Mm. You know, I I don't know what it is, but every time I do a podcast, I'm always yawning. And um, trust me, it's not out of boredom because I, I love doing episodes, but I have to figure out what the heck is going on. I don't know if it's time of day there's something going on where I find myself always yawning. I don't know if it's uh talking too much. I'm not getting enough uh oxygen to my brain. I need like maybe I need like a sleep apnea mask or whatever, but um the other way you could turn return to your home base is if you um is is to go through old photographs to to remember like you know you as a kid. Um, and, and the things you used to do and say and how scrawny you were and, and awkward and maybe you had pimples and, and wet the bed, you know, just the fact that I don't, I can, <laughs> just the fact that I can drink liquids before bed and not have to worry about wetting the bed. That's progress. Like I'm, I'm, look, I, I'm good. Like I'm a success story. I'm happy with that. That that You could just put that. I, I can drink liquids before bed and be fine. Now, the liquids wake me up and I got to use the restroom. But at, at least I'm not. Now, if I wake up in a bed sweat, it's like I get these night sweats, uh, which I have to look into. I don't know if that's like I read somewhere that it's uh my, my testosterone levels might be low. That's why I'm getting night sweats. But the Internet has a million reasons why. um or maybe I'm just overhydrated, you know. I don't know. So return to your home base, and you could do that through photos. You could physically go back. You can, if you have a journal, go back to your journal to, re, to, to see how you were thinking a year, two years, ten years, twenty years ago, um, and 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 just so that you can see that oh, I have made some progress. I have made some changes. Um, that's the that's the beauty of assessment right uh the sixth way that we can feel help help uh, hopeful is remember essential the essential goodness of humanity you know when we watch the news and newspapers and we always remember the the evils that have been done to us the wrongs rarely do we remember the rights and it's a chemical thing right meaning that when someone says something that hurts us, uh, our cortisol levels uh, spike; it's released, right? And, and it's it's a lot. It's, a, it's it's a it's a lot of cortisol. Whereas when somebody says something nice to us, uh, some dopamine is released, but it's not nearly as much dopamine as for the nice thing as we get for the the mean thing with the cortisol. So a, a, a pain. A loss, a hurt feels 10 times worse than a win, a gain, or a compliment, right? That's why a lot of people are loss aversive. They're basically not risk takers because the pain of losing, of being hurt, is 10 times greater than the pain of gaining, which is, you know, nature's way of protecting you. Nature's like, I want you to be here, which, so, you know, to appreciate that, to recognize that nature is like, listen, I don't want you going anywhere. I want you to stay here. So I have to make sure that uh, you stay out of harm's way. Right. But at the end of the day, when you when you walk down the street, when you when you go into a store, hopefully for the most part, you're having good human interactions. You know, you drive to work. Uh, the people that you meet, that you talk to in your everyday, you go to the gym, go to a park, you go to a farmer's market, you go to the movies. You know, you're at the movies. to go see. It's like you're making, you're not making enemies every time you run into somebody at a restaurant, you're making friends. So remember the essential goodness of humanity. Look at all the things that, you know, regardless of all the arguments in the news and and social media, there's also so much love. People are doing so many good things where, yes, on one hand, we're polluting and throwing trash in the ocean. On the other hand, there's so many people who wake up early Saturday morning to go clean up the beaches. There's so many companies who are creating projects that will dissolve all of that There's so many people volunteering their time to help make the world a better place, whether it's big brothers and big sisters, uh, whether it's at soup kitchens. There's just a a, a constant ocean uh, of of human goodness that is flooding the world at all times. And uh, whether it's a neighbor stopping by another neighbor's house to just, hey, make sure you're all right. Uh you see that with the Kickstarter programs where somebody gets sick and people donate money um to so that they can uh, have to pay their full medical bills. So we're constantly coming to the rescue of, of e each other. And so and and do we get there in time every time? Not all the time. But just know that the essential goodness of humanity, holding hands, singing kumbaya, campfires children laughing and playing at a park remember the essential goodness of humanity and because you're human that means that you are essentially good also All right um, and then the last one for feeling hopeful is think about your death and I know it is like such a it's, a it's such a stark. Turn from the other six is like shift expectations. Recognize you can change. It's like think about your death, and not and and think about your death in terms of. It's like, if you when you when I think about my death, it's a it's a understanding that I'm not always gonna have the opportunities that are in front of me. I'm not always. Gonna have the opportunity to say to someone, "I love you," or I'm not always gonna. I'm not gonna have the opportunity to 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 write a book, or to go work out, or to hug someone. Um, a lot of times we meet people and we don't really look them in the eye. We say hello, we say what's up, and we walk by them, but we don't really take other people in. And 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 really. A lot of times we're not even taking ourselves in, right? So when you when you think about your death, it's also a reminder that whatever you're going through is not permanent. There will there would be a definite end, but but the good news is is that, um, with that, you have to decide right now how you want to slowly. You know, work on your life. What what are the things that you want to do while you're here? Um, because it goes back to number one. When we think about our death, it makes us appreciate life. Like, wow, I get to be here. You get to be here. Like, it it didn't have to be that way. There's there's millions of uh, sperms fighting for that egg, and and uh, you could have been a completely different person, but you get to be here to look at the sunsets and the sunrises and the birds flying and hear the birds chirping and dogs, you know, barking. Hopefully they're not barking late at night. I hate when dogs bark late at night. But take time to think about your death and the fact that the whatever dreams you have require you to take action now. You know, I was, I was crossing the street earlier and had my headphones on, and I realized how oblivious I was when I crossed the street. I could have easily have been hit, easily wiped off this planet, contributing to the topsoil. I was like, wow, I really have to be more present. Notice people's eye colors. Give, give compliments. Say thank you and please and, and knock on wood. My mom is 69 and she's always so grateful for her health. Every day, I, I, I remember growing up, it, was, it wasn't a day where I didn't hear my mom say, thank you, God, for my health. She was always appreciating health so think about your death and, 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 and in a way where you recognize that you won't always have the opportunity to do the things that, that you want to do and that you love to do and that nothing is permanent nothing is permanent so to be in the moment so let's go into the second part of uh, of, of of uh, the, the two co- main contributing factors to suicidality, which is mental pain. Like I said, I, I experienced it as like a swelling in my cabeza and where I just like kind of want to unscrew my head off and put it off to the side. And that there, there's three things that we can do to alleviate mental pain. Some people may refer to it as emotional pain. but Like I said, for me, it, just, it really is locked in. To my head, it's all up in my cabeza, yo. It's like an it's like an inflammation. Um, the first thing is observe your emotions. Now, in order for you to observe your emotions, you're going to have to learn how to expand your emotional vocabulary. Are you angry, frustrated, sad, disheartened? Hurt, scared, fearful, timid—like there's so many emotions. I mean, at the base of all emotions is uh, fear or love, right? That's going to be the the base of it. Um, but are you happy, overjoyed, ecstatic, excited? Are are you uh and an anticipatory? Like there's so there's such a wealth of emotional words that when you um, expand your emotional vocabulary that you, you really start to um, I, you, you're able to quickly identify what you're feeling. Right. Are you are you grumpy? Uh, are you are you do you feel aggrieved? Abandoned, what about trusting, excited, relaxed, elated, confident, content, comfortable? Or you could be lonely, inferior, repugnant, ashamed, skeptical, paralyzed. There's so many words out there. Are you glad, positive, thrilled, energetic, glowing, radiant? There are so many. Maybe you're perplexed. Are you perplexed, bewildered? There are so many words for you to pull from that the, the more specific you can get, the the better you can work with that, right? Optimistic, inspired, Ooh, eager. Are you eager? Are you a little eager beaver? What's going on? Don't lie to me. I'm listening. Or, or maybe you're startled. Oh, I was walking down the street to the farmer's market this morning and I had my headphones on. Everything happens with my headphones on. And uh, so there was a girl on Rollerblades rolled up right next to me. Excuse me. And I was like... And she star. I was startled, <laughs> you know. Um, so we have there's so many words, uh, or, or you know, that we can pull from. And the better you get at it, then the better you can identify your feelings. And so then, when you feel that feeling, you can say things like, "I'm feeling hurt because my friend went to a concert without me." I feel the hurt in my stomach. My stomach feels tight. My arms feel relaxed. I'm worried. It might mean the end of our friendship, right? So that's how you you can move yourself through your emotions is to to be able to label it and and tie it into whatever external reason, and then to talk about where do you feel it in your body? Because here's the thing, and 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 uh, Deepak Chopra taught me this. In that a lot of times when we say we feel something, we just, we just, we say it as if our entire body feels this way. And it doesn't. Um, a lot of times if you're, fe- if you're feeling uh, a sadness or a hurt um, or even excited or, or, or happy, you, you, you feel it in a certain part of your body. You know, even if you say I feel amazing, um, now usually I will say amazing. You feel, you feel amazing. You're like that. That's a that's your, that's a, like a full body experience typically. But a lot of these other emotions, we usually feel in our stomach. We could feel it in our chest, in our hands, our shoulders, our face. Right. So our our neck, so we we all are holding emotions in our hips. Um, we're all we all hold emotions in different places. I definitely hold. I hold ninety percent of my emo or eighty percent. I'd say in my stomach, and then the other twenty in my head, right? But definitely in my stomach is is where I'm experiencing that. So. It's important to learn how to observe your emotions, one, to help you move through your mental pain. And, you, you know, you want to use the words like, I'm feeling this because of that, and I feel it here, right? And then, but then to also notice where you don't feel it. So you might, be feel, might say, I feel uh, hurt because my friend went to the movies. Uh, And I feel it in my stomach, but I don't feel hurt in my feet. I don't feel hurt in my shoulders. I don't feel hurt in my head. So, and then to figure out what is it that you do feel? I feel hurt in my stomach. I feel relaxed in my fingers. I feel calm in my feet. And so to get better at, like right now, I feel uh, bloated in my stomach. I feel relaxed in my hands. I feel connected in my feet. I feel a little tense in my forehead. So you know, this is a language that you you start to realize, like, oh, when I feel a certain way, it's not typically my entire body, and it's also not indicative of who I am. It's part of me. So you start to say, parts of me feel this way, and other parts of me feel that way. And then over time, you'll get better at using that language to communicate with people. Even when they say to you, hey, do you want to go to New York? And you go, well, a part of me is excited to go to New York because of the bright lights, the city, the food, the blah, blah. A part of me is is anxious because of the bright lights, the city, the food, like, you know, the smells. It's like there's a lot of people, a lot of noise, et cetera, et cetera. So to get better at really tapping into uh, both of those and, and recognizing that there are often multiple feelings that are around a situation. Um, The second way we can, the second step to moving through mental pain is to validate your emotions. You have to validate it. So remember the first one is to observe it. Then a second one uh, is to validate the emotions, and so you can say, you know, I'm feeling angry with Jim right now, um, and 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 that's okay, right? Is like, it's like to say I feel this way versus and because here's what people usually they go, you made me feel this way. No, no, you have to take ownership for your own emotions and say, I'm feeling. This way, right um, and it's not you know it's like you have to and and I struggle with that I struggle with that validating my emotions and to say, hey, I feel this way and and that's okay to feel it's a, we, we, I think sometimes we have a negative connotation of like like I should. Like it's okay to feel these emotions, but not those emotions. And it's like, no. They're all they it's all it's all good. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel hurt. It's okay to feel excited and and uh it's okay to feel overwhelmed and and amazing and enthusiastic and and uh cheery, right? Um, but it but then it's a question of what do you do with that? Right? That that's that's the um, That's what determines the good or bad of it. Of like, you can feel angry, that's fine, but you can't, uh, punch, you can't go around punching walls or you know, causing harm to yourself or others. Like, that's not a healthy way to deal with it. But a healthy way to do it, deal with anger, is, um, is to, you know, talk to someone or sit with it or go for a walk or figure out what you, you really want, or to, to break off ties uh, with that. Like, whatever it is, there are healthy antidotes to your anger, or maybe to reframe what you're going through. But the point is, is that what you want to do is validate your emotions and say, it's okay that I feel this way, and just notice it, and look at it, and be like, hey, that's all right. It's just like, when when uh, we feel, think about the your emotions is like a when you see a kid hurt and the kid's like oh that hurt and and you go hey it's okay it's all right to hurt feel it you know you don't you don't have to brush the hurt away just uh, and you go because the first thing we do is oh where did you hurt yourself and then they point to their knee and then we we kiss the knee and uh, we put a little band aid on it. And then you go, "Hey, does that feel better?" And the kid goes, "Yeah, that feels better," and then the kid is off and running, so we have to learn to do that with ourselves of "Hey, I feel angry, Hey, where do you feel angry, little buddy? Oh, I feel it in my stomach all right, well, what if we uh what if we do four inhales and then hold for two and then release for four exhales I'm like, "All right, I do that. You feel better, yeah, I feel better and and that's what we gotta we gotta get better at, so one, to observe the emotions. Two, to validate the emotions. And then three, learning how to be present with the emotion, right? And 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 that means that, like, you notice the pain. We observed it. We validated it. All right, yeah, yeah that hurts. And then we just are present with it. We're just kind of watching what the pain does. Because, like we said earlier about death like it's a it's a reminder that things die that you're gonna die and so is the intensity and so is your mental pain at some point that mental pain that you're in is going to die everything has a shelf life nothing lasts forever so if you feel hurt right now if you feel excited if you feel happy know that that is just naturally going to die it's not going to last forever emotions are like flowers they they, they some die in a day some last for a couple days a couple weeks but they're, they're eventually they're going to die right and so you just you're just sitting you being present with the emotion you're just watching what it does all right all right so my it was in my stomach but now uh you know it's kind of dissipating is not it was a 10 before and now uh you know five minutes later it's at a eight not so intense all right and 20 minutes later all right now it's at a five and then an hour later, oh, it's at a two and all right we're out of one and, and now i can go to bed and you know there's that thing of don't go to bed uh angry but really don't go to bed emotional don't go to bed excited either. You ever try to go to bed excited? It doesn't work. You, you stay up all night. It's just like the night before school. I talked about this. But it, <laughs> it's it's, the, it's like the. I remember the, first, the night before the first day of school. I don't think I slept. I don't think any kid sleeps. I think maybe you fall asleep like the last two hours. But you're up all night just thinking about what that first day is going to be like. And then, of course, it's never as uh, exciting <laughs> as you thought it was. In your head, you just, you you had, this, you had your clothes laid out. Uh, you, you were like, I'm going to talk to this girl, and, and uh, you know, they're going to make this comment, I'm going to say this, and she's going to do that. And, and my class, like, nothing. It's never anything like you've you played out in your head. Um. But yeah, learn how to be present. And the beautiful thing is like with meditation, and I know I'm always talking about meditation, and you don't have to meditate, but sometimes you could just even uh, just doing nothing. Just doing nothing with your eyes open. You're not watching TV, you're not on the radio. It's crazy. You're literally doing nothing. And and, and the the whatever emotion that you want to dissolve will just naturally dissolve and I'm gonna leave you on that note oh is that where really I'm gonna leave you no I can't do that that's insane um, I I hope this was helpful uh, because you know even it, there are moments in our lives where I understand it. Uh, f- people feel hopeless uh, and struggle with mental pain, and uh, these are things that, excuse me, I've incorporated into to. Uh, I've had to work around and manage in my life, and uh, and I come back to these things of shifting expectations to appreciation and listening to other people's stories and learning how to observe my emotions and and validate and 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 and, and understand that it, this isn't easy work what what i what i've laid out for you isn't it's, it's not easy to be loved by you it's not it's not easy people um, but it, it takes time but anything that's worth it takes time you go to a great restaurant it takes time for your food to get to you it's not like going in and out, where boom, you're you're literally in and out. The food is in and out, uh, but it also doesn't taste as great as going to a very nice restaurant. Uh, whatever a nice restaurant means to you, for some of you it means Olive Garden or Red Lobster, hey, which I ain't knocking. Um, but, it, you know, you just, we, we're all going through something uh, and at different times, and uh, it's just a reminder that uh, it's It's part of being alive and human, and it's like my chiropractor said. It's better that you feel some tingly or uh, pain than nothing at all. right So I give you those books that I read uh, again. Uh, that I'm reading before bed Normal People by Sally Rooney. Uh, like I said it's, it's it's just a couple trying to get together and and it traces them throughout their uh, entire life it's just you know simple reading before bed doesn't get you too riled up and then uh, what was the other thing that uh, i was oh and then go see the photograph it's such a such a good movie and that's it that's it thank you for rating it five stars go to thrivewithleo.com if you want one-on-one coaching if you feel like a therapist, uh, and you've been in groups and you want one on one with your boy Leo Flowers, go to thrivewithleo.com. And I only take a few clients because I want to make sure that everyone is, uh, is getting the full service, uh, attention that is required. And, um, and I look forward to uh, hearing with you. Thank you for leaving the comments. Thank you for sharing it. Uh, it means so much. Remember, I'm on, I uh, private account is on uh, Instagram at Leo flowers 2000 But my uh, but then the Before You Kill Yourself is uh, is also on Instagram. So you can add both or one or whatever you want to do. It's your world. It's your world, baby. And I will talk to you. Soon I'm going to go see Joe Coy at the LA Forum. I'm excited, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Peace.